Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with our special guest and fellow cast member, Allie Foles. And she's from alexandrafoles.com. So A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A Foles, F-O-L-Z.com. But if you're listening and thinking, Mike, I'm not going to remember that, no worries. Of course, you can find her on our website at everydaymindfulnessshow.com, where every week we have the show notes with links to everyone. Allie, thank you for joining us. I want to start because I always like to hear the person's story in their own words. And you do work that for a lot of people would be considered unique and that a lot of people don't know people who do the work you do. So if you could give us a little background on sort of your life story and the work you do. Wow. Okay. So my life story, I guess I'll start there. I actually had my master's in nursing. I'm a graduate of University of Michigan and worked as a nurse practitioner for many, many years. And when I moved to Washington State about eight years ago, I decided to do my other work full-time, which is intuitive readings. And also, I finished writing a book that I had been sort of called to write for a very long time. The intuitive readings, is this what you're asking about? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Well, and it comes from a place of mindfulness, without a doubt, from what you and I have shared in the past. Yes, absolutely. Ever since I can remember as a young kid, I was just incredibly sensitive and empathic. So I want to pause right there. I want to pause because that's that's a mindfulness word right there that some people are not familiar with. So when you say you were empathic, you knew you were sensitive as a child. Can you give some examples of what you mean by that? or And to help people understand what that even means, the concept. Empathy, I, I feel like empathy is kind of sensing and feeling other people's feelings or having a strong sense of how other people feel. I could be standing in line at a grocery store or with my family or with friends and just, you know, being mindful of someone else's feelings. And so as I got older and I went through nursing school and learned about different healers and was always interested in spirituality, I began to understand that that empathy I mean, could be used for the good and tried to find ways to channel the empathy and serve others. So I could use that in my nursing career, but then eventually with other senses, I began to do intuitive readings. And so what is an intuitive reading? So for intuitives around the world, I think that's, it's different for everyone. But specifically for me, intuitive reading is working with someone who is asking questions about their life. And I don't do, I don't read fortunes and I'm not a psychic in terms of what events are coming forward in your life. But the readings that I do are specific to the person who's asking a reading for their soul's evolution. So 
So I actually tune into their high self, and according to their questions, I uh, record insights. So I see visions, I hear things, I can smell things, I can connect with family members or loved ones if they show up during the reading. In general, the reading is to serve the person's evolution. What can we bring forth that may be blocking them? A pattern in their life that is keeping them from reaching their intentions. And so I can even look back years and years and years at maybe an old wound and can see it, record it, share it with the person. We can go back, take a look at it. And every reading that I do ends up being about a two-hour conversation. Wow. And, I, and I'm reading Don Miguel Ruiz's The Mastery of Love right now. And he deals with the wounds and, and bringing that up. He talks about that. And so when you're there, are, and I know some people are probably listening going, are you talking past lives, this life? And you, I'm sure you're used to all these, you know, sort of stereotypical maybe images people have. So we'll go there. Is it yeah, is there an assumption of there are past lives for this system to be true? Or is it no, we're in there, we're in their life to, since birth on this planet to now and feeling that I just meet the client where they are. You know, the way that I think of the world is that anything is possible. So there are countless belief systems, and I, I think anything is possible. So when I do a reading, I actually meet the high self of the person I'm reading, and it's according to them. And I love you're using the word high self. Does that mean like the purest part of the, their soul? In other words, that force that doesn't have all of the baggage on top of it and all of the, the pain on top of it or the, you know, even the pleasures, but it's just its pure soul? Yeah, I think it's the highest knowing of the soul. I mean, I think it's the highest knowing of the expression of that self. So it's sort of the soul talking to my soul. And so we strip away many, I think, beliefs, things that are holding people back that would allow them to express what they really need to know. So the purest essence of that person. I love the language you use that really it's your soul having a conversation with their soul that maybe they've never released or made vulnerable or exposed enough for somebody to be able, even themselves, to have that conversation with a soul because of your experience, you're able to pick up on that. For me, in, in the work that I've done, I've seen so many transformations and it's simply because we're able to access an aspect of their highest expression that they've either blocked from their own awareness or they've allowed someone else to block. And so we can get sometimes to the root of very long-standing issues in, in their life. And so when you asked about like past lives, it's, you know, again, I, I think anything is possible. I truly do. I think anything is possible. So I go into a reading in a, in a almost very neutral open space and I am, I'm serving the client. So from, from wherever their vantage point and whatever's going to impact them the most, I, I, I'm there to serve that. If they believe in past lives, then past lives show up. I mean, if, but if they don't and if that's not working language for them, you know, sometimes I wonder if that stuff doesn't show up because it's not going to serve them very well. They may not be ready to receive it. Yeah. So, yeah. Very powerful. And so you mentioned you, you've seen incredible transformations. Are, are they the kind of transformations that tend to ha they can happen in one session? Or are, is this a, you know, a lengthy period of time of going through these experiences? Because I can only imagine, maybe I'm wrong on this, does the soul release right away? Or is this more like others where you need a relationship? And the more comfortable they get with you, the more that soul becomes revealed. 
I always say that readings are alive and that they that the conversation and the insights that were brought forth and the energy of the actual reading because like I said I I actually do readings for individuals by myself so they ask me three questions I do the reading on my own and I I'm a scribe so I write like up to 10 12 pages of notes from what I'm seeing hearing and feeling and then and then we schedule a 2 hour conversation so just so I understand that first, that first scribing of 10 to 12 pages, that's a one-on-one conversation. You're just getting a vibe. Right, yes, right. I'm having a conversation with that person's high self. Right. And we're not on the phone. And all the readings that I do are long distance. So I don't do them in person. So they're, they're like this. The, it's Skype? They're like this. Yeah, okay, or on the vi- phone. Okay, so it can be audio. It doesn't need, you don't need to visually be connected for this to happen. No, and I don't okay. know the people. Most people I don't know, and I don't want to know anything about them. But... So then we talk for two hours, and I, I always say, you know, it's up to you for how you want this reading to serve you. You know, it's yours, and you're aware now of things you may not have been aware of before. It's really your choice if you want to work with this or not, and how often you recall what you became aware of now. It's truly, it's within your power to, to use the reading for your greatest good. Absolutely. Yeah. So if the person's really motivated and truly feels like they are ready, and I really find that most clients, when they're asking questions and they're coming to me for a reading, they're generally ready. It's, it's all about them, you know, claiming their own evolution and the steps that it's going to take in order for them to move forward. Yeah. And do you find that there's either a certain belief system or mindset or demographic that somebody tends to come with to have this experience? Uh, Clearly, there must be at least some concept of openness, right? They have to at least be open to the experience. Do you find that, hey, what we notice is that this is the person that continually we see consistently. This this one aspect is is consistent among those who request this experience. Do Do you have any kind of track record where you've noticed consistency or is it just totally random? I am all word of mouth, so I don't, I don't publicize. I mean, I'm sharing with you what I do, but I don't put it out there on social media and I don't advertise what I do because it's just not what I feel called to do. So people show you, up. When you say not called to do, you, the intuitive readings you're called to do, but to yeah. advertise, to sell, to promote is where you feel uh, uh, an incongruency. Yeah. Okay. Because there's something truly organic, almost historical um, in my own soul about what I do. And it's very old. It just feels very old. People find me and uh, I don't go find them. They'll right. find me. And I feel like a lot of the people that I work with are in the healing profession. They're open to the ideas clearly because I don't always, but at times, you know, I'll connect with um, loved ones who've crossed over, who, who realize that I'm serving their loved one and they want, they have something to say. And that doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, you know, I don't hold back what I experienced in the reading. I don't, I, I mean, I say everything I see, hear, and feel. So that person needs to be aware yeah. that, you know. So they- Well, I want to, can we explore that? So when, when you're hearing that, that soul that has passed, is it that you're having a direct conversation with the soul that's passed in whatever spiritual universe they're in? Whether, you know, some call it heaven, some call it other words, but, or is it possible, maybe there's no answer to this, or is it possible you're hearing the version of that past soul in the spirituality of the individual soul you're talking to. In other words, they've created a story about what that past soul would say to them or whatever, and you're picking up on that, and that is controlling them and having a massive impact on them. So we don't know if it's from them 
or the past. The fact is that it might not matter because it's influencing them. Is, is that correct? That's what I feel. Does it matter? Right. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I know that I've had experiences I can never explain and that have that have truly shocked the people I've worked with that wasn't on their mind. That wasn't why they were coming to me. And I've had to literally stop some of the readings that I've been doing, you know, because I'm doing them on my own and actually call the client and say, if you don't mind, I need to talk with you about XYZ who's coming in. And okay. So I didn't understand earlier when you said you do it on your own, you first talk to them, but when you're doing that 10 to 12 pages, then you are not on the phone with them. You are by yourself recalling that energy, recalling that spiritual and connecting with their meeting, right? Meeting Meeting with their soul while they're not even aware they could be sleeping. They can do whatever, but they've, you're connecting with that soul virtually. That's where this is all coming from. So suddenly you get a surge and you're like, I need to call them. Right. Uh, Because they need to hear this. They asked for it after all. So that's what you're referring to there. This you're in two different places. You're not connected. And you're going this, something special is happening. We need this to connect now. Well, we are connected. Right. You're already just, connected, but give them the conscious connection. Yes. Right. Of where they can times, have a conversation. Yeah. I've had times when the family member is just, I can't, I'm, my entire reading is stopped and all they're doing is it, I feel like talking to me. Right. So I have to actually stop the reading because that wasn't what the client asked for and call the client and say, are you, I, I can't go on with your reading because this has happened. Are you interested in knowing about it? And what does this mean to you? And again, all kinds of interesting things have happened during yeah. reading. Yeah. So does there, um, when, through that, certainly some Band-Aids are getting ripped off. I mean, I'm not, nobody's intentionally doing that, but that's going to happen through that kind of an experience. So if, let's say, a past one, they're getting the voice of a past one, and it's ripping Band-Aids off, right? This is not a pleasant they're not learning a pleasant discovery. Is there also a process that you have the training in to help them move forward and heal that wound versus just go, okay, well, I've given you the, I've given you the experience. Now you need to figure this out. Is there a combination there of them figuring it out, but you also them helping them heal the wound? Yeah. Well, I can't heal their wounds, right? But they, I mean, that's, um, but I, I do trust in the process. I trust that for some reason they heard my name and for some reason they look me up and for some reason they scheduled the reading and asked for it. So with that, I'm given that permission to open for them for the highest good. And if this person comes through, I trust that I, I'm in a position to share the information and in doing so, be sure to follow through with how that information is received. And so I've often been on the phone with that person. If I, if I have to stop the actual reading and call the person and check in with them, I'll spend an hour or two if I have to at that time. Um, And then we have to talk about, do you want to do the read? You know, what would you like for me to do now? And everything is really up to them. I always ask, is this what you, are you interested in having this conversation? Do you want me to share more? Is this comfortable for you? And then as we share the information, you know, I have my master's in nursing, so I've been counseling patients and clients for years. And so I, that's one thing that's, I'm, I feel very gifted in and able to kind of meet that person where they need to be at the time and then kind of help to move them forward. And I'm always available. I give them my tech, you know, my phone number and email. And, right. and every, you know, after every reading, I, I always say, you always can find me. I don't want anything to get in the way of you integrating this information. 
So if you're hung up somewhere, you find me. I love the language you use there of, I said, do you help them heal their wounds? And you said a brilliant statement. I can't heal their wounds, but you can help counsel, which was brilliant how you said that. Look, my background is a nurse and is in counseling, so I know how to counsel so that you can help them understand maybe how to take this, that what could be some possibilities for their journey, right? That, that, because I think some people could be hearing this going, what if something really horrible is unveiled and I don't know what to do with it, right? But that's where you could be like, you, you could help them with the next step. I would, is that correct? Yeah, and I think that's fear, too, Right. what is something right. horrible, because um, I, I can't go into these readings like that, because I I truly, truly honor the process and how how we even got to the reading in the first place. You know, when you think about how people make decisions and the path that they took to make the decision that they did, I have to trust that, that we truly are meant to have the, that experience together. Like, the focus right now is sort of on how bad it could be, but you know, nine t- nine point nine times out of ten, the experience is a a release, and it's a shedding of of weight, and it's a, a almost a purification. I love it. You're right because yeah. my my initial stereotypical reaction was when you said you know they might not even be prepared for this. You know, the mindset I think for listeners is, ooh, how dark is this? And so I think what you just shared there is so important that you know ninety nine percent of the time. This is the opposite. It's a shedding. It's a release. Yes. It's a it's a letting go uh, yeah, of of the some burden that they could be unaware of or aware of. For every reading, you know, there's a ritual, you know, that I go through where I set a very, very, very clear intention about why I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, and I am here to serve this person for the highest good. So, if it means that we have to talk about something painful, I trust that 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 is for the highest good of that person. Yeah. And, and dark light, you know, it's all the same from where I stand. Anyways, there's a difference between pain, right. And, and darkness or yes. something evil. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't absolutely. work with that. I don't, no, no, I heard it right. I didn't expect that. <laughs> then people start to picture witchcraft. Yeah. I mean, that kind of thing. And obviously yeah, that's, yeah, that's not what, right. Not what we're referencing. Yeah. So, and that's not a judgment one way or the other, just not what we're referencing here. Uh, as far as that goes. So what would be some examples? I know you can't, you know, breach confidentiality. We'd never want that. What would be yeah. some examples though of transformations that you've seen occur? Like something that maybe whether it's spiritual or some burden they thought they had that they were like, go off. What would be some examples without, you know, be obviously wouldn't be too specific. I understand that. Here's what, here's what happens. I, in, in all the work that I do, I feel like it's there to raise awareness. So people can be mindful. <laughs> right. What's happening. So in, in all of the readings that I do, what's happening is that we are having a conversation and raising awareness about specific patterns and or gifts or tendencies that need to be seen. For example, I worked with a guy who I actually did see a past life for him. He was a really unique guy. He was in a very, very um, valiant position at that time. Like he was very valiant, right? Right. So he was always guarding and protecting. He was still doing that in this lifetime, but, and he was wondering why he couldn't kind of move through and have a more, a deeper experience with in the current life. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, I could see the lineage. The other aspect of the readings, which is, which always fascinates me is I can see a lineage 
and can get insights into the family members sometimes, not read the family members, but get an idea of sort of the circle that this person lives in. And long story short, this person's family, they were all in the military, and he grew up in in that kind of home. And he himself was always guarding and protecting. He was on the outskirts. He didn't really see that. He didn't get it. And so we kind of talked through it, and it was a huge breakthrough. I mean, for him to see how what he thought he was doing, um, he was doing it because it was what he's always done. Right. But it didn't mean that he had to keep doing it. Right. So he could okay. he could release. That's the past me. That's not me today. That's not the I present. I don't want to do that. Right. And I can choose to say that's not me. That was yeah. a, that's a previous choice I made. I have new choices in this moment. And I was really good at it. And he was he was like of highest esteem. Right. Like the best. Right. So you pride on that. Everything you define yourself by that, you can. You and so yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, and suddenly to go, no, I don't have to be that anymore. There's a what can I be now? What what are the possibilities? That that's the kind of breakthrough you're describing, I would imagine. Yeah, it's evolution. Yes, so it's awesome. He was so he had just claimed that, and he was good at it, and he was known for it. But that's not what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted a richer, more intimate connection with people. So I'll never forget that. I mean, every reading is is so fascinating to me. But that's just an example of raising awareness. You know, where yeah. we're saying, okay, these are gifts of yours. You are an amazing protector. There's no question. But did you want to change the rules now? I mean, in the rules of engagement in this lifetime, because you don't have to if you don't want to. Like, whose contract was that with? That's sort of with yourself. And if you want to change the contract and you want to, and you want to express yourself in a, in a more, in a deeper way, you can. But you have to be aware of what you've been doing. In order I love to know that you- language. Change the yeah. contract with yourself. It's just so empowering. And, and speaking of empowering, you've taken this now and you, you had this drive for, I believe you told me around 16 years for that book for children. Oh, yeah. And so you've, yeah. you've taken this gift and this skill set to help children connect with their yeah. empathetic side, with their, with their feelings and others. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so if you want to let me know about the book, and originally it was going to start out as a collection, but you sort of built it into one, right? If I remember correctly. I felt really called to write a book for kids. And this book, this was in 2000 um, when I decided that I was going to have to do it. And I was full on nurse practitioner five days a week. And I feel like the call was because I had finally kind of figured out a way for my, my 10-year-old self to stay in her body and to appreciate and honor the gifts that she had. But I was in my 20s, and I kind of figured it out. So I wanted to, I really wanted to write a book for young kids so that they didn't leave behind the gifts that, that they have in order to become something else. That, they've, that, you know, as kids, I mean, they're the most enlightened creatures on the planet. I mean, they are literally doing everything that works great for them. <laughs> yeah, in fact, so, I was talking about in the book, the Don Miguel Rose's book, he talks about this, right? They're the most unpoisoned. Right. So they're just sincere. They're playful. And if you get mad at them, they forgive you. We want to hold grudges as adults. They're they're most pure. And that's what you're capturing in this book is through the child, which is so powerful. I felt like one of the ways that we can evolve and to grow is we need to know what what our resources are and who who are we? Right. That was always the question. I had that question at a really young age. Like, who am I really? And I was pretty. Pretty curious kid, and besides, really besides my husband, I mean my wife. So for That's the right. 
For those who are, are not aware what in the world I just said, to give you a little background, Sorry. the part that I have not disclosed on this show yet today is that Allie and I were neighbors. And I mean, when we were really little, as in like uh, I was five and Allie was three, that kind of age range. And our sisters who were all old, Allie has one sister, I have three older, they were friends, married us together. Uh, I believe when I was about to move away, I think is why the marriage took place. Uh, and so I believe you were three, four, I was five, six. And they literally had a ceremony with a ring, with put you in a dress, dressed me up, did the whole nine yards. And for many, much of the work I do and the work you do, you can, we all know how messed up that is today. We get that. But at the time, the, you know, that was something that took place. And we just connected back up, talk about spirituality and connection through a mutual friend what now four months ago and we hadn't spoken 20 some years uh from those days but i can still remember that childhood in those you know that was the front steps of your house where that took place it's amazing our childhood and the playfulness and the things that we can have in there so i didn't mean to erupt but i had to explain that for anybody listening where that connection came from yeah no absolutely yeah so those kids that we were you know we're pretty spot on you know but we don't have Basically, I wrote, I wrote the book to affirm and to language self-discovery, self-awareness, natural gifts, discernment for kids. I wanted a book that addressed though and mindfulness. I wanted a book that addressed all those things for kids, not for adults. And I wanted to do it so that I could, so the book could affirm who they are and where they are in their life and give them tools to honor the gifts that they have and honor their inner voice that they hear. And, but we don't have a lot of books that language those things for kids. And I know that if I would have read that book at 10, it would all made sense to me. Because I remember being like on a playscape and hearing myself say, this isn't a smart idea, you're going to fall off. Like why? I could hear my inner voice, but I could also hear the voice that was like, go a little bit higher, go higher, go higher, right? That that, that voice, and I remember having, hearing voices of wisdom, but never really knowing that that was the voice to kind of tap into, you know? Right. And, 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 and no one was really affirming it, and there's getting really confusing, and then you hit teenage years, and you know, who's your friend and who's not, and it gets really stressful. So I really wanted a book that, again, would just affirm these, these kids where they are and give them tools to stay close to those, that, those natural organic pieces of themselves. So that's the heirloom. And, uh, and for everybody listening, that's the title. The heirloom yeah, is the, the heirloom. title of the book. So if you want to look up the book, but is it on Amazon now? It is. I yeah, thought so. That's what I thought. And of course it's on alexandrafoles.com, which we'll have on our website too. I, I love it. I love it. And so, and so this, and for anyone listening, this just came out uh, this past year. Yeah, and it's it's really for ages. Um, I had a mom and daughter read it. The daughter was seven. She was, but the mom said, you know, she's a really sensitive kid. I'm finding that a lot of people who are picking up the books, they have really empathic kids. And the main character in the book is very empathic. She has some sort of, you know, very high sensitivities to things. She does see things and hear things, but she also has a best friend that has to learn what her gifts are. So there's so much going on in the book, and it's also for our inner childs. So every adult who reads it, my hope is that they get in touch with their inner child because so much of the intuitive work that I do, so much of it goes back to the inner child of the adult. 
I love it. I love it. So if somebody did want to get a hold of you, Alexandra Foles, F-O-L-Z dot com. Of course, yes. we'll have that link at our show site, everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Thank you so much, Allie, for joining us Thanks. on this episode. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Mike. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thank my you. pleasure. And for everyone listening and watching out there, until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com and check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.